you freaking auto? This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airline Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, yes, rolling along, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the Seattle Sports app. We're going to talk to... Kevin Burkhart coming up here in a half hour. He's got the Seahawks and Lions this weekend, so looking forward to that. And then, of course, Jerry Depoto will join us at 8.30 this morning, so it should be a pretty good day. Good morning. Good morning. I uh, I just want to apologize. Who's that? Hold on. I, I, I'm hearing something. That's, that sounds like a, like, is that a grasshopper right here? It sounds like a, 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 it's a oh, grasshopper you, that I'm you, listening to. You are so annoying. Is that a bit of, oh, I'm annoying? <laughs> is that a bit of a so grasshopper that I hear? Gosh. Why are you so annoying? <laughs> why? Why why do you choose to be this way? <laughs> is it is it just innate? Is it a god gift? What is it? I sent one text of like, yeah, I'd like to see him out. I did not have a great feeling about yesterday's game. Really? I, no, I didn't. I didn't. I've had my, I've had a, a lot better feeling about a lot of other games here over the last well since July, but I, yeah, I mean just the final game of the home stand. I mean, two. What's that? Just three. Three texts. I mean, let's not call it one when it's three. What are you talking about? Yesterday? Yeah. Oh, I mean, just I mean, three. One, one set of texts right there. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It was a, it was a, one, it was a one occasion. Is there crying within the out same loud. inning, maybe. Uh, okay. yes. Was it yes. bothering you that we were at the game together, ignoring Gosh, you? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there was a, no response to the nice picture I sent. I mean, maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they were like one and then four minutes uh, apart. So, all right, fine. They were, they were within a five-minute span. It was all span. the same inning. I just didn't feel – I did not feel great. Luis was excellent. Yeah. Gives up one little chintzy home run. Then they got a broken bat hit and this and that. And I'm like, come on, boys. Come on. Like, I know this is the final game. I know you're looking at tomorrow. I know you're probably up at Snoqualmie Falls, right? You, you're, you've already put yourself – after this grind of a road trip and, and no days off. And I, yeah, I did not, I did not feel great. It's about so that. funny. I had the exact opposite experience with the three of us were at the game. Actually all of seven ten. we were all there together in the, in the suite, like the whole group, everybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we got there, we were watching for a while, hanging out. And then at some point I wanted to go home and take a nap. So I, um, it was, they were down two to one at the time. And I turned to Darren, our, uh, our, uh, our imaging guy who does a fantastic job. Uh, who loves ranked? Probably the biggest ranked fan on the planet. And um, I just turned it down. I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna get out of here." He's like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Yeah, they're gonna win this game. They're probably gonna score here, and then they're gonna win." So yeah. I just walked out. And yeah. as I was leaving, I heard the cheers, and I was like, "Yep, see ya. Found game over. <laughs> they're gonna win this found, one. Found a way to win." Yeah. And uh, and I'm gonna give JP a lot of credit. I don't know if you heard him mic'd up yesterday. Did you hear JP no. mic'd up? Yeah, they had JP mic'd up and. And as JP's prone to do on occasion, he'll go and, and talk to those pitchers. And Matt Brash had walked a guy. He'd fallen behind. And JP, in cut number 11, mic'd up yesterday, went up to Brash in a big moment in the eighth and just, you know, had this to say to him. Look at me. It's one play at a time. All right? There's no rush on anything. We are going to follow you. You lead us. Okay? Like I told you before, you lead us to darkness, we will follow you. Okay? So strap those up and let's get this. Let's do this. I took the bait so hard on that. Did you? Yeah. Come on, Justin. You like knew where he was up. going. I like immediately started searching. What else was mic'd up that I missed? <laughs>
Dang it. Oh, oh, I this was it. in our email last night, Justin. Yeah. But I actually it thought there was a different one. It like, was in our email, and Brock just said. But Morris I said to me, like, one. Brock's going to need cuddle. You knew what cut he was asking just for. just set it up well. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. I got a headache. I'm a radio pro, Justin. What do you want from me? Okay, it's what I do. I get paid to ask tough questions or good questions. Yeah. Justin gave me like, hey, great question, great question, great mm-hmm. question. That was so cool, JP. Obviously, that was Doug and Russ. But that's what was going on in my mind is he went to him, and you could see it. It wasn't just a, hey, little pat on the butt. It was cover the glove or the glove cover the mouth, and it was, hey, throw strikes. Let's go. We ain't losing this game. And your stuff is too good. So stop messing around, buckle it up, and let's go finish this game. And he and Mooney sure did, man. I mean, Brash is so good. He's so fun to watch, man, when he starts. Like, the fact that he's now throwing as hard as Munoz with the slider and the curveball and a little bit of a cutter, too. I mean, he's. Yep. I really enjoy yeah, watching that Brash. Do you guys pitch, remember but. this happened in Anaheim? Remember JP oh, yeah. and Brash and, and yes. yep. him grabbing his shoulders? It, it seems yep. like JP and, and Gino must have some sort of a little like eye signal to each other, like, shall we? Yeah. Why don't why don't we head over there together and work and I'm this gonna, thing out? And, and I'm gonna confess one other thing. Okay, this may I may be. be I may be dumb baseball guy. You may just be like, dude, you're an idiot. How did you not know that? I would never say that. No, you probably would. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, kind of, kind of like Titus's coach yesterday. Oh, when no. I'd sent all these plays, and then he's like, I, I got two questions. And he's like, um, who is Nash? And I was like, oh, crap. Knox. Not Nash. Knox. His name oh, is Knox. wrong kid. Yeah, oh, wrong kid. So yeah. he was really trying to figure out his no. personnel grouping. So uh, anywho, um, maybe, and maybe I'm not alone in this. I did not realize that the infielders also have pitch com. Did you realize that? Oh, I didn't know that. The JP. Uh, and no, I don't think Eugenio. it's all of them. I think they can choose a certain number, if I remember yes. correctly. It's like up to two because, yeah, they used okay. to be able to sort of see the signals and stuff. So, yeah, Correct. they give them a little bit of yeah. position. Yeah. And yeah, because one uh, Luis's you know, pitch comp wasn't working, so Gino just gave him his. And I was like, Gino has a pitch comp? Why would anybody, like in football, right, just QB, as, as I, I just assumed that only the pitcher would be able to hear. And Goldie asked Blow a good question. He's like, you know, do you think that helps? He's like, uh, yeah. Yeah, because you know what, what you they're know trying to do. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I did not know that those infielders had that pitch come. Yeah, so I, and cool. as you're saying, it, it kind of came back to I remember, but I think it's only a certain number. Up, up to okay. five. Can be up to five? Oh, yeah. wow, that's five. more than I would have guessed. Does like that include to... the pitcher and the catcher, though? Yeah, so the new rule okay. allows for uh, two receivers, two trans. Transmitters, I should say, huh. and one for the pitcher, one for the catcher, and then up to five receivers in total can be worn by the defensive team. Up huh. to five. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like the idea of everybody having it except the pitcher. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> anybody else know what's going on here? I, oh, yeah, 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 thank you. He asked the third baseman what he's supposed to throw. Uh, look, they needed they needed yeah. the win. They get it. They win the series. They kind of got what they needed. Now they just get to rest, which is which is. <laughs> Again, <laughs> necessary, I think, for this team. What did you make last thing here? And, and then we'll kind of move on. What did you make of Munoz yesterday? The fastball was the best it's been in months. He did not throw a single slider. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? I it was all I fastball two-seamer. Wow. No sliders. Fastball sinker. And the sinker is ridiculous. I mean, calling that a sinker isn't even like the right term for it. It's just like an 100-mile-an-hour fastball that also moves Yeah, his right. last two have been inc- just sharp. I mean, his last two outings have been back to triple digits, easy triple yes, digits, not just like 100. Ball. Correct. Mm. Not just like 102. Like, whoa. That's, Zero sliders. Yeah, yeah. Well, he threw some sliders the previous outing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and they were actually, I thought, had a little more depth and a little more bite to them. And, he didn't yeah. throw one yesterday. I, I, now, maybe that's just, hey, I don't need them. I can go Correct. get these guys out without a slider. I can just, yep. and maybe that was the case. And obviously, Cal sort of seems to have a really good sense right now of what to call when. He's really locked into this pitching staff. He's hitting the ball as well. I mean, like, they're sort of found themselves in a good place. He's throwing dudes out How about at that? second base, which was phenomenal. Yeah, uh, Scott was pretty happy with Cal after the game yesterday. It's, it's, it's a football mentality and you have to have that when you're behind the plate taking a beating like he does but um, what an awesome way to end the game for a catcher you know Cal has done the walk-off homer uh, now he's done the walk-off caught stealing uh, you don't see it happen very often but uh, heck of a play great tag by JP and, and just just enough to get it done yeah and it was about as close as it could possibly be I've watched that yep. replay a thousand times I I, I know they, he was called they safe were, if he was called safe? Well, they said it was confirmed, which to me says mm. they believe they saw clear evidence he was mm. out. Mm. I would have said it, the call stands, but all mm. right, hey, if you want to confirm it, all the better. It's a heck of a play by Cal. A nice win by the Mariners. And now, Brock, you're back to an old football season. 16 games left to play. That's it. Just a just a go at it as hard as you can for 16 games, and you'll do it starting tomorrow after a day off today. Everybody should be rested. 12 and 4 or 10 and 6. None of this odd number nonsense that's going on. Good. Good. I'm ready. Ready to roll. Off day today. Bring in the Dodgers, and let's go. All right. We'll come back here, give you everything you need to know, including a very curious comment that I think raised everybody's eyebrows. That's coming up next here on Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, on the seventh day, Brock, what did God do? Rest. Yes. Well, the Mariners are on their 14th day, so it's really seven times two. Double rest. Yeah, they get to rest twice. Uh, They get a day off today, thankfully. They've been waiting for this one after 13 straight without a day off. And they need it. They'll do so coming off a series win. couple W's in a row yesterday. I thought Luis Castillo was absolutely brilliant in his six innings. That was tremendous. You realize, again, he hasn't had those, like, eight-inning, you know, shut. He hasn't done that, really, this year. Uh-huh. It's just been consistent every time out. Five-plus innings in every start this year, all 30. Six-plus innings in 21 of his 30. And 17 quality starts. Now, just like every time out, he gives you not just a chance to win, but a very good one. And yesterday, he did it once again. His catcher sure helped out. We talked about the uh, stolen base caught stealing to end things, but he also delivered with the bat as well. And again, the one-two to Cal. Swinging a line shot into right field for a base hit. Tied a third. Going to be waved in. Up of the ball is Phillips. The throw to the plate on the fly. The slide and safe at home is tied. Branch with a great slide to the backside of the plate, reaches in with his left hand. The tag attempt by the catcher, O'Hoppy, was late, and the Mariners have tied the game at two. Are there scariest, scarier words in Mariner language Ooh. than tie around third? Was He's he going to be waved was in. Was he on third, like trying to score from third on that, or was he on second? I don't know. What has happened to poor Ty France? Uh, How did he get to be this slow? Bro, he needed the rest. He's, he's going to be so fast okay. when, when he comes he off come of steal the some bags. Uh, Matt Brash was filthy yesterday. He became just the fifth Mariner reliever to strike out 100 batters in a season. The last was Paul Sewald, mm. And then uh, nice to see Munoz hit 102 yesterday as well. So a really important win for the M's. We've said this a few different times over the course of this season and all of the different journeys it's taken us on. But having Mike Blowers back in the booth is a gift. And just his little subtlety. 
goalies. And to hear him early in the game, like, oh, 97. <laughs> like, you know, he just, he had so much substance and so much history to it. And, yeah, I think Luis also knows. And you could tell just by his demeanor, his body language, he is the rock. And he was heating it up there pretty good, pretty early, because he too knows there's not many starts left. 16 games left, so yep. what does he have, three? Maybe three starts left? Yeah. So got to go be strong in every one of them, and he's done it all uh, It's a series well. that we needed to win. Uh, didn't start off that great when we let the game Monday night get away from us, but credit to our guys. Um, we just show up every day and uh, get ready to compete whenever the game calls for. We have a group that really responds to that, so uh, we need a day off. It's been 13 consecutive days. It has been a grind through that road trip. Need a day off, and the Dodgers coming in and looking forward to the excitement and energy that will be in the ballpark here over the weekend. Uh, we need it. We need everything our fan base can, can bring and, and muster and uh, our guys feed off it. Also yesterday, Brock, Texas beats Toronto. That was a little surprising. They've taken three in a row there. And then Houston salvaged a game against the A's. So no real changes in the AL West. Everybody wins. Mariners a game and a half out, a full game up on Toronto for that final playoff spot after the Blue Jays lost. And oh, the Rangers are going to be without Max Scherzer for the rest of the way after coming out of the game on Wednesday with that tricep soreness. He's now been shut down for the year. He made a total of eight starts. The team won five of them. 41-year-old pitcher. Go figure. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, as we expected, no Charles Cross of practice this week. Seems increasingly likely somebody else is going to start at left tackle in Detroit. It certainly won't be Abe Lucas at right tackle. He's now on IR, so he's going to be out for at least some time. I don't know if this is debilitating for this team, Brock, but it's sure not good. No, it is not. It's going to be four games with the bye week. It's going to be five. And you know, I think Pete said this in his presser early in the week. It's it's not a it's not a tear, right? It's not like an ACL, an MCL. It is, it is just a patellar like tendonitis. I mean, just and when you're as big as Abe is, and your knee is that large, it is just such an aching, debilitating pain. So he's going to be out uh, four games, five weeks overall. Hopefully, he can go see my buddy Doctor Dan, and then get some regenerative medicine in there and get that thing feeling good for the home stretch. Cross likely, as you said, won't. Start uh, won't start Sunday, and as I read Pete's comments, I don't I don't think it'll be Jason Peters either. Well, he did say ideally you'd like to give him a few weeks, but he also liked how he looked. He's such a remarkable player. I mean, look at his film from last year; you can't tell how old he is. Uh, he played really well and, and uh, played a couple different spots and showed flexibility there. He's you know he's a long term uh, left tackle, uh, you know, and and uh, but the flexibility is there, and and his feet were beautiful. Okay, he saw about a handful of plays out there. He looked pretty darn good today. I mean, just tell you, he looked quick and, and light on his feet. I don't know. I mean, uh, it does seem unrealistic that he'd be out there this week, but maybe next week we'll wait and find out. The other thing I just wanted to play you here was this DK Metcalf sound. I, I'm not even really sure what to make of it. Um, I would just say uh, effort. Um, I know on my part, um, you know, I really can't speak for everybody else's, but, you know, my, my part uh, was, was just effort and uh, you know, play after play, just 100% effort. Uh, it wasn't just there like it's been in the past. So, What? Huh? Yeah, I just didn't put in a lot of effort. <laughs> I think that that is a response because I'm sure some teammates were pretty ticked. Like, hey, bro, don't say they play harder than us. I played my butt off, right? Jordan Brooks, like, why, why would you go grouping us all together? So I think that's a response to mm. his comments from the podium, kind of trying to make right. Like, no, 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 it's, it's about me. <laughs> but then it'd be like, no, no. My effort wasn't there. Like, that doesn't work either. Huh. I don't know. Just it's 
Come on, DK. I, DK, I don't know, man. Bobby Wagner is probably the guy who uh, needs to speak, and I guess he gathered the entire team together in a huddle before the game yesterday, and or before practice yesterday, and did exactly that. Here's the third thing you need to know. No huge surprise, Brock. Aaron Rodgers is not going to call it a career. He got on Instagram yesterday, told the world that uh, the night is darkest before the dawn, and he will rise again. Yeah, I know it's a black night thing, but or dark is night it, thing, but but is it really? Well, that's where is, it was popularized. It's an old. Um, it just sounds like he's talking about being in his darkness retreat. Justin, Justin, you would you would know the best of the four of us here. Is the night really the darkest before the dawn? How does that make sense? Brock, you and I need to stay up some night. We'll, we'll, we'll go over this. Brock, have you ever stayed up all night? Ooh, been a long time. Really? Have yeah. you ever done it? I have. Okay. I have. Yeah. High school, and then we had this 24 hours of competition at this Athletes in Action camp. Of 24 hours of competition. <laughs> the most on-brand thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> oh, and, and do I need a hero? I was playing in my head the whole time. <laughs> I you bet it was. It. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. 24 hours. What of kind of comp? You know what? I don't everything. Even want to know. No, it was everything. It was swimming. It was frisbee. It was basketball. It was. We had to climb this hill. It was. It was on. Where Brock. was this? In, actually, in Fort Collins, up in Colorado. Oh, really? I was in college. Yep. Athletes in action and great camp. And Mike Gunn was the director. Actually, I just saw him a month ago, and he told my son, he's like, "Dude, your dad." At this 24 hours of competition, still to this day, remember that. I don't remember much of it, but I do remember it was 24 straight hours. Wow. That is... And then we drove straight back from Fort Collins to Seattle. That, that was, was the person driving. We rotated. Yeah, we kind of rotated. Jeez, that's sleeping. not that... safe. You're no, that was, that. Not, that was not That's real. like that was terrible to do. No. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, that's right. like not giving effort on every play. Like, yes. Don't, don't do that. I don't want to make of that. Well, I'll tell you, um, looking forward to our next guest. He's one of my favorites. He's done an incredible job since being named the top guy at Fox. Called the Super Bowl for the first time this past year. I'm psyched to ask him about that. And then he's going to be calling the Seahawks and Lions this week. The Lions are going to be wearing some sort of ski mask or something because they're villains now. I don't know what's going on with that. But we'll ask Kevin Burkhart those questions and more next on Brock and Salk. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You know what we're going to do today in a half hour? In between talking to Kevin Burkhardt and then talking to Jerry Depoto at 8.30, we're going to answer the question check. We haven't done that in months. What? I know. We always kind of forget about it. It used to be such a staple. And yeah, we'll do it at uh, 8 o'clock. I do have a ton of questions from the old uh, Twitter machine. But if you would like to text in a question, any question on any subject, you can do so, of course. you got a half hour to do it. 866-979-3776. That's the Mac and Jack's text line. Just send us a text. And uh, I'll see if I can take a look through those during the breaks before 8 o'clock. 866-979-3776. All right. Huge one, obviously, on tap for the Seahawks, who immediately have their backs up against the wall. They'll go to Detroit, where apparently they're going to be wearing blue ski masks inside in a dome for three and a half hours. Why mm-hmm. they yell? I don't know exactly what's going on, but Kevin Burkhardt's going to be there. He's got the call on Fox, and he's kind enough to take a few minutes with us. Kevin, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I can't deny or confirm the ski mask situation. I'll just have to see what happens on Sunday with that one. Are you guys going to get to talk to CJ Gardner Johnson before the game? Because it seems like he's got a, a big role in this. Uh, 
I, we're not scheduled to talk to him, probably see him on the field. So I, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I, I think there's a lot else going on for them. Uh, you know, there's so much excitement there for, I mean, I, it's probably the most excited they've been for a home, home opener in 30 years. So I, it's, it's going to be a hell of a scene. It really is. I mean, I, I'm kind of excited to check it out. And, you know, for those fans, I haven't had much to cheer about in a long, long time. How long do you think it's been since the top crew from any network other than on Thanksgiving was in Detroit? That's a good question. I mean, it's, I, I, you know, so if you take away Thanksgiving or take away, you know, like Thursday night football, like that type of deal, right? right. Um, I mean, they've, you know, they've got one playoff win since 1957. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a long time, right? And so that, that's why I think the game is so cool. And I, I know everyone talks about the, the matchup last year and what that was, which was nuts. I'd sign up for that in a heartbeat. I just think it's such a fun game. Uh, you know, I, I think it's like two teams in the NFC that could really make some noise. There's so much excitement in Detroit. Uh, for them, and especially after beating KC. So it, it's, I, I, I think it's going to be an awesome game. KB, I've done games out in East Lansing. Actually, the Huskies are going to be out there this week. I've done games in Ann Arbor and Columbus and kind of that that locale and that area. I'm just kind of curious, how would you characterize the Lions fans? I think, I think Brock, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a sleeping, dormant giant, really, right? I mean, it's, a, it, it's as you guys know, and, it, look, it's a diehard football area, right? It is a blue-collar, diehard football area. And obvious, they've obviously had it with Michigan and Michigan State and a lot of success there. But for the pros, I think it's just a sleeping giant that now has a chance to kind of come back to life for, for real excitement. I mean, real excitement. And all the expectations coming in, they have to live up to those. But, you know, you win in, in Arrowhead to start the year, and, and now it's like, whoa, maybe those expectations are real. So, I think it's a great fan base. It just hasn't had a darn thing to cheer about in three decades. I love the comparison there, and I'm thinking of just a giant that is asleep. And if you were to pick one of 32 NFL coaches to go wake up that giant and to go wrestle with them and to go get them, I think Dan Campbell might be right at the top of that list of the 32 NFL right. coaches. You've you've gotten, I'm sure, some time to experience and spend with him uh, off camera and, and on that practice field. Is he the right dude for this job at this time? You know, Brock, I thought um, we, you know, we had the lines a few times last year and I, I thought, you know, Greg Olson, my partner had a, just a really good thought. He said on air during one of the games, he's like, you know, we, we, we obviously Dan is a tough player. Um, and of course, former tight end. So, you know, Greg loves him there, but his point was, you know, everyone just kind of knows him for that soundbite about biting the kneecaps when he got when he got hired, right? Which is fine. He's trying to instill a toughness in, in the team and bring back a, you know, you know, build build a chemistry, build a culture. He said, but he's so much more than that. He's a leader. He's a smart guy. And he said, it's just like that soundbite is what everyone thinks about him. And there's a lot more to him. So. I think there was a moment, you know, when you look at Campbell, I thought there was a moment early in his first year, and, you know, I, I don't have it in front of me, but what they, you know, they had lost the first 10 games or whatever it was, and they won this crazy game, and Goff comes running off the field, and the guys are jumping all over Campbell, and I'm, you know, I'm like, you know what? That tells me a lot about the head coach, right? Like, they, they easily this team could have been lost by now in terms of not winning any games, and that reaction to, like, the one win – Told me something, and I, I think he is the right guy. I think they really play hard for him. Can, I, can we back up for a second? I want—I have more questions about this, but I got to hear. The last time we talked to you, 
you were getting ready to call the Super Bowl for the first time mm. as as the Fox lead. And, like it's a it's a huge huge deal. You're calling the Super Bowl play by play on Fox. How was it? <laughs> yeah, good memory, Mike. Right, I, it it was a blast, man. I mean, it's like you know, you it, it's almost kind of hard to believe that it happened. To be honest, like it, uh, and and the reality is like the lead up to it is like. So nerve wracking because you don't want to screw it up. And then, and then when the game actually came, it was just so fun. Uh, I enjoyed every second of it. It really did feel like just another game when you're doing it because you can't, you can't, you can't do any game different, right? Whether it's preseason game or the Super Bowl, you just can't have a different approach. So, I really, truly did just enjoy it. And look, it helped that it was 35 all with two oh, minutes to go. What a guess. game! We had an all, we had an all time game. I, I wish I would have loved to see Jalen Hurts just get a chance and see what would have happened. But what can you do? It was. It was so much fun. Looking back on it, should they have thrown the flag? Well, I mean, I hated the call, but you know, as, as <laughs> you know, we're 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 all we're all in for drama, right? Like everyone's always like, oh, "Who are you rooting for?" Well, we want we want drama. We want we want the end of the game. So I, I think everyone in America just wanted to see Hurst have a chance and just see, um, just see what would have happened. Is it a was it the right call? I mean, yeah, it was borderline. I didn't think it was one hundred percent. Mike Pereira did, and obviously he knows a lot better than me. But I hated the call. I mean, I, I wanted to see the end of the game. The game was such a classic. I just hated to see it end like that. The bummer for me, I lost a lot of money on that game. I had the prop <laughs> bet. I had the prop bet for Burt Cart wearing the three-quarter zip. I yeah. Mean, I just did. We talked about that. it. I felt like I had great insight, too. I mean, we even talked about it on the show beforehand. Nope. No three-quarter zip for – no three-quarter <laughs> zip this weekend either, right? Indoors, not doing that. Brock, I mean, you, you got you got to go, you know, it was it was inside. And, and you know, it's yeah. also weather, right? You got to – you know, you got to – I would say three-quarter zip comes out, you know, November. you got to get near the 50-degree mark for that one comes out. You know what I mean? So I, I, I do enjoy that, but – you got to get to that level, I would say. That, that was more like probably 69, 70 degrees inside that day, a little too gotcha. warm. I got you. Well, you like drama. I like drama. We all love drama. Um, not necessarily when it comes to the head coach. And, Kevin, if you were in our studio and you looked at our text line over the course of this week, and, and certainly on Monday, and every Monday Mike and I get a chance to talk to Coach Carroll, I think you and Greg and Rinaldi and EA would be blown away at the amount of just drama and criticism of the head coach here. The no, it's seemingly no matter what he does, and even last year with all of the turnaround that you know that, that he accomplished, I think you'd be surprised at how many of the fingers point right at Pete Carroll for that opener and the trust that uh, is he going to be the guy to continue to do this here? Does that surprise you? Oh yeah, it does. I you know I, I Brock, I I had a ton of Seattle games, uh, you know, for a while, uh, started my Fox career. I mean, probably, it, but I really haven't had them. I think it was the 2019 preseason. It just, I, you know, I don't make the schedule obviously, but I, you know, I think Pete's great. I mean, like 14 years old, the guy's done is win. I mean, right. Turn the entire franchise around. I, I, that does surprise me as, as far as last week, watching that game, uh, and Brock, you obviously know better breaking down the film, but just watching it from my, you know, layman play by play eyes. You know, I, I just kind of think that, you know, had a great first staff and like, hey, you know, they're going to beat the Rams. They weren't very good. Well, it turns out the Rams offensive line's healthy. Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford looked great because he was injured the entire year. And Aaron Donald still plays for him, right? I mean, I, I, I don't really attribute it to much more than that. I, I do think that the tackles hurt is a big deal last week, and I think it's going to be an even bigger deal this week. That said, and by the way, I agree with all that. And I you know, wrote about Pete this week and, and how I will absolutely take all the trade-offs. I think it works out in the positive. 
But if they do go to Detroit all of a sudden and lose, and you're you're o two to start this year and playing without your left tackle moving forward. Things have a, a weird tendency to get ugly in a hurry, and I, and I do wonder where we'll look. Will it be at the coach? Will it be at the quarterback who they decided to to look at? And hopefully, we're not having this conversation in a week. What what do you make of Gino and that sto- that whole storyline? Really? Yeah, I mean, you never want to start zero and two. I, I think you know you could go through all the analytics about playoff teams. You know, the start zero and two, or you know, certainly zero and three. You don't want to be. Um, I, I just can't. I just can't, Mike. I can't go crazy over week one. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I just can't. You know, there's, there's, you know. I, I think there's. It's easy. These teams don't play anybody in the preseason for the most part, so they haven't played together. Uh, it's easy to go nuts over week one. But you know, do I think that Joe Burrow is going to throw for 85 yards every week? I don't. Um, do, you know, certain things that you know happen. I, I kind of. I think are kind of an illusion. I, I think Seattle is going to be really, really good. I mean, I. I, I do. I mean, I. Coming into the year, I thought they would challenge the 49ers for the division. Um, now, after seeing Brock Purdy healthy and play like that, I, I don't know that I currently believe that, but I still think Seattle is uh, a damn good team. I think they're a playoff team. So, um, you know, I I think they have a good chance to win. I think they're going to play a heck of a lot better. Even if they are 0-2, it's not ideal, but I, I'm not giving up on them. There's too much history, and I know you're talking about the, the criticism of Coach Carroll, but, I mean, Got, like I said, 14 years, you, you come in, you you, know, you win seven games the first year trying to turn around, and, and you've done nothing but win. Nothing but win as, since he's been there. So I, I just I'm, I can't get on that train. We had a wonderful colleague for so many years in the building, the Gras, who used to always say, Kevin, as I hear you say that, he would always say, don't get tired of winning. Don't get tired of winning. You know, is it winning Super Bowls every year? That's unrealistic. But the guy, as you just said, wins. So if they're going to do it Sunday – and I don't know how much Greg has dug into the matchup or sent you and the crew conversations and tape yet on how you handle their edge people with your now inexperience at both tackle spots. How do you think Seattle goes about that? Well, boy, it's a great question, right? And, and we haven't talked to um, the Seahawks yet. We're, um, so, you know, I'm just going on what I'm seeing. Here's my biggest thing, Brock. You're like Seattle – how were they successful last year? They were successful uh, in a lot of ways because Geno's got a big arm. He's not afraid to throw deep and outside the numbers. He did it better than anybody in the league. And obviously, like you know, if you're talking about you know, if you're talking about playing a you know a seven on seven or a fly football game, they're as good as anybody. I mean, talent wise, right? Wide receiver, running back. But if he doesn't have time to do that, it takes away who they are. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see not only who they start. But, you know, I think you have to test the waters early. Look, Detroit has – they've got a good pass rush. Aiden Hutchinson's an absolutely outstanding player. But I don't know that they're, like, elite, elite top of the league pass rush. So I think you have to see how, how that holds up early on. And then if not, well, it's, you know, it's going to be the Kenneth Walker show, I think, and try and do some smart stuff and, and you know, check down stuff to try and keep Geno alive. But the problem is that's not how they win. They win by going down the field with their, with their stars. Hey, are you still doing the the studio stuff for Fox Major League Baseball? Oh yeah, yeah. In October, I'm uh, you know still hosting our uh, pre and post game show. Um, we like I've been for the last ten years. So are we going to see? Be, I'll uh, I bounce back and forth in October and do both. Are we, the blast. Are we going to see you here in Seattle? Are we going to get to treat you to dinner? Yeah, I mean, like, are, you, are you coming you out in October? Generosity for, for time. Mariner baseball. Listen, I would love to be in Seattle. We were there for the All-Star game, and uh, like I said, I had a million Seahawks games, you know, the first five, six years at Fox, and I, I haven't been there for football in years. So, like, 
trust me, I would love to bring the show to Seattle. It would be epic. And yes, you guys can buy me dinner when I'm there. Answer all those questions. Is that fair? All right. That sounds great. Here's what we, here's what we just want October baseball in Seattle. So we go 16 game sprint to see if it happens. We'll watch you this weekend uh, as we kind of flip back and forth with the Seahawks and the Mariners and a heck of a, well, I guess it's going to be 10 AM here. So it's not going to be Mariners at that time, but really, really big fun time here in Seattle with all this sports uh, going on at once. So Kevin, we appreciate it. Love watching you. And we'll talk again soon. Always enjoy the conversation, guys. Be well, okay? All right, there Thanks, you go. KB. There's Kevin. Bur- I, lo- I love Kevin Burkhart, man. Absolutely, Brock. One of my very favorites. I was so psyched when he got the number one job. It was absolutely deserved, and I think he's done a great job with it. You know that I like to talk about perception and reality, yes. right? With coaches and players and different things. Uh, that The perception that you get, gosh, my voice is cracking, uh, too much coaching. The perception that you get when you listen to him, when you watch him on television, is exactly the reality. Mm. He is so kind to warm. people. He's very warm. He is warm because he started, you know, from the very, very ground up. He's a car salesman, right? I mean, he, he had to work and work and work and work and Amazing. he got on the sidelines there with the Mets and, and is, is, is a reporter there and is just as genuine as the day is. Yeah, now. I'm just going to disagree though with one thing he said. I agreed with, I thought he was great. One thing I'm going to disagree with. He said that he and Greg would both be very surprised to hear that Pete Carroll was taking the brunt of the criticism. <laughs> I believe that Kevin is surprised. Yeah. I don't know that I'm a hundred percent shocked that Greg would be. I don't think that Greg was a hundred percent shocked. Let's 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 not get that one twisted. It's time for Blue Eighty Eight. This is Brock and Sox Blue Eighty Eight. Blue Eighty Eight. Blue Eighty Eight. We take you to the field as Brock Heward breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. Brock, what's going on with DK Metcalf? Talking too much. Honestly, the, the more I think about that sound, go ahead and fire it. This was yesterday. There's a bunch of stuff, but here's the one that, that people yeah. are talking about. Um, I would just say uh, effort. Um, I know on my part, um, you know, I really can't speak for everybody else's, but, you know, my, my part uh, was was just effort and, uh, you know, play after play, just 100% effort. Uh, it wasn't just there like it's been in the past, so... Um, I know there's one thing I, I got to clean up and just plan as a team. You know, when something goes wrong or adversity hits, you know, we just can't start pointing fingers or just looking around for somebody else to make a make a play or just to have an answer. We can't look for the coaches. We have to, you know, look inward and, you know, just rely on ourselves and our teammates and the practices that we've had and, you know, all the connectedness that we ha- we've had since, uh, you know, late July. So that's all we got to do is just, you know, just start depending on each other and just start playing as a team more. couple things. Remember when we were out watching practice and training camp and one practice and DK was just out of it. He was so mad. He was so mad. Like he sees red like Salk did 14 years ago. You know, as you've gotten older and you've gotten softer and more genteel and a beard and and everything that's going on. With with age comes a little bit of wisdom and hopefully calming down a little bit. Not all the time. You still, oh, you can still step on the accelerator. But that day, he was just gone all day. It was like, I'm just seeing red. And when he snaps, he just can't, like, snap back. And we have seen it time and again. And if you don't think C.J. Gardner-Johnson in the blue ski mask is going to be in his face relentlessly, uh, you are wrong. Because he is going to try to wind him up. Because when he gets all wound up and gets to that edge, what he just said, my focus wasn't there. To play every play. Um, I've got Marvin Harrison Jr. this weekend with Ohio State. I reached out to Peyton. I said, hey, Peyton, you know, I don't like to do this, but can you give me some insight on Marvin Sr. from your perspective? 
what made Marvin Harrison Sr. so great? And, you know, I get like a three-minute... Hey, it was like he had me throwing him the ball? <clears throat> no, I got a three-minute audio file back <laughs> oh. um, because he can't text well, back. I'll tell you what, so, bro, I st- kind of with me. I was, I was throwing him the ball nope, off the herb. But absolutely. It kind of starts positive. off where I, I, like, he lined up every time outside, and, and that was me. We ran started this hour, play, and then started this hour being didn't annoying. do anything because I would just throw the ball right to him. So yeah, it was fine. You started this hour annoying, and 48 minutes in, you continue <laughs> to be annoying. No, he said, actually, the corners that he's played against said it best. He goes, those NFL corners would say all the time, you could never tell with Marvin. Ten yards off the ball, you could never tell. His attention to detail, his focus to make everything look the same. It's like pitching ninja, right? When that ball comes out of their hands, right, 20 feet from, from the plate, 30 feet from the plate, it looks, is a slider, fastball, sinker? I don't know. It all looks the same. Marvin did that. DK, is it a point, just attention to detail, focus? That's got to get there. And when he loses his mind and he gets all red and emotional, it, it doesn't happen. So I also do think that that response yesterday was some players going, hey, hey, man, don't say they outplayed us. They wanted it more. Like To group us all in that, a huge generalization. If you feel that way, then you make it about you. But don't make it about all of us in this locker room. So, right. yeah, some stuff to work through. So it's a work through with DK. Marvin, I tell you, he had me throwing on the ball, which I'm, I'm very good at. Question number two. That is like a Yosemite bad. Sam. Isn't that a bad Peyton? What do you text want in my toy? life? Hey, text toy, how bad of a Peyton impersonation is that? Sorry, I don't have enough HGH to make it great. Question yeah, number two. Uh, let's see. We heard Pete a little fiery, I think, with us on Monday. And then Bobby yesterday got out on the practice field. And according to Greg Bell, he gathered the entire group together for a fiery, impassioned talk to be ready to rebound this week after the opening loss to the Rams. What do you make of it? Uh, that's what comes with expectations. Yeah, welcome to the world of expectations. Welcome to the world of being a Hall of Fame player, and you're in the middle of it, and you're supposed to change this defense. Welcome to being the head coach, and and you know when you talk about expectations, and it's just Pete's very, very nature. Every year, he thinks he's a, a Super Bowl team and a Super Bowl champ, and even last year, that thought never crosses his mind that they wouldn't be. So, But when you live and you play under those expectations and you don't meet them, and then you go out and lay an egg in the second half the, the way they did, yeah, yeah, there's going to be some tempers flaring. There's going to be some emotion. And, I mean, you can lose, Saul. Like, in the NFL, you're going to lose. You say this all the time in baseball, too. There's going to be games you lose, mm-hmm. right? It's just baseball. There's going to be games in football where you're just going to flat out lose, right? You just don't make the play. You don't you know, have the completion. You, you know, they, they out-scheme you. They out-maneuver you. They, they get it done. You're tired. You're beat up. You get guys injured in the game. Whatever. You're going to lose games. But to get embarrassed like that in the second half, 23 nothing, 270 to 12 yard, total yards. That leaves a, a nasty, sour taste. And not a surprise that the vocal guy there in the middle of it, future Hall of Famer, the captain, was uh, making sure guys were on notice that it starts not on Sunday. Don't give me Sunday. Oh, I'm such a competitor. I'm going to play so hard on Sunday. You play hard on Wednesday if you're going to play well on Sunday. <laughs> I think Mike's Peyton impression is my least favorite thing I've ever heard on 7th. <laughs> All right, it's not great. I haven't. It's really bad. Try it again. Like, give me, give me some time. Let me, let me work out a little bit. It came. I wasn't expecting you it. You need today. to hear him talking so you can kind of get. Wait, it. was that Salk? I thought we were listening to snippets from your three-minute Peyton Manning audio file. It was spot on. <laughs> 
Question number three, Brock. Uh, left tackle is going to be a big question mark here for a little while. Yeah. What are you doing if you're Pete? You've got Jason Peters. You've got Stone Forsythe. You might have Curran. And then you've also got a couple of dudes you just picked up on the practice squad this week. What Steve Curran? You had Steve Curran? Curran. Jake Curran. <laughs> okay. What, uh, yeah. what is, is it Curran? I don't know exactly I think it is Curran. It. Yeah, I think it is Jake Well, regardless, how, how are you handling things? Yeah, Jake Pete? is going to be on the right side. That's going to be his job. He started games there. Uh, actually, some of the numbers in the run game when he's been at right tackle have been pretty favorable. That is going to be more of his strength. Being a pass protector against Aiden, maybe not as much of his strength. So we'll see the game plan and how they're going to minimize that. But he will be your right tackle, I think, for the next five weeks. Left tackle, don't you have to give Stone Forsythe this opportunity? Don't you have to give him? And as far as these guys he picked up off the practice squad, that's because of the injuries. If you liked him so much, you would have picked him up, you know, when they were out on waivers and cut. Um, So you didn't make that move then because it's Jake Curran is your backup and Stone Forsythe is your backup. So Stone, go get it done. And if he is so overwhelmed, then that big 41-year-old, 350-pound future Hall of Famer Mm -hmm. will probably at some point, I don't know if it's, I hope it's not in this game. I hope they, I hope Stone and Jake go in there and you're like, wow, yeah, they're different. Stone's not the athlete Cross is, but that's a big man. And just get in front. As I told our kids last night, just be a speed bump. You know, just don't get turned and don't get beat so badly off the ball. Get your big frame in front of people. Be a speed bump, not a traffic cone. That's exactly right. Give your guy a chance. So I think that's what we'll see coming out of the gates. That is today's Blue 88 every morning at 745. I'm sorry. My Peyton impression just isn't, it isn't great. Uh, Let's see. Alex says, Salk, that's a terrible Peyton Manning impression, but... It's not a bad Forrest Gump impression. Well, I think yeah. there's some similarity there, no? No, not at all. Really? No, no, uh-uh, not at all. They both have that sort of, like, Cajun... Can like, you play a little sound for him, Justin, so he can flush that? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, got, yeah, I got you. Hold on. You, you got to flush I'm, that I'm like the something. Seahawks flush their second That's hand. Here we are. I'm out of my third pro ball. We're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So right. what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot kickers. He has ruined kickers for life. <laughs> It is hard to do, Peyton. You got to back of the throat. But that sounds almost like Mitch McConnell. So I don't know. I'll see what I could do. Let me work on it a little bit. Akers and Vinatieri, these guys are great guys. They were getting killed all week because our idiot ran his mouth. Can't get into that spot. Uh -uh, You don't got that. My forehead's not large enough, apparently. All right. No. Well, like the water boy. Well, he's, I mean, where'd he grow up? New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. Louisiana. I'm saying, that doesn't, I don't think his accent sounds that <laughs> Well, way. that's not full on. I mean, he Can we right. answer questions? He doesn't you sound jerk. like Coach O, but I mean, like, there's a little there's a little bit of that in the background there. I don't know. All right, we're going to answer some questions. Enough of this. 866-979-3776. I got a bunch of them from Twitter. If you want to ask us a question, we'll answer them and answer the question jerk next. Brock hey, Brock, and Salt. Seattle Sports on 710. <laughs>